John Marcus Slows and Kamiko is confident. You're listening to Kick Around Table, sponsored by Snowline Gold. Paul Harris is back. How you doing, Paul? Hey, Michael. Good morning. Very well, thank you. How are you? We have no guests, but we have a catch-up with Western Copper and Gold's Paul Wessels, who spoke to Kitco at the Yukon Show last month. Let's turn to macro. It was jobs day. U.S. non-farm payrolls rose 187,000 last month, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The month's figure was below the market consensus estimates of 205,000. The gold market is not seeing much reaction. December gold futures last traded at 1970 an ounce, roughly unchanged for the day. The U.S. dollar index is near steady. NYMEX crude oil prices are firmer and trading at $82 a barrel. Meantime, benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury no yields are currently fetching 4.2%. After breaking above $4 earlier this week, copper dropped and is currently trading at $3.80 on continued China weakness. We are in earnings season. In its outlook, Kamenko raised its revenue forecast due to momentum in the nuclear sector and supply risk caused by geopolitical developments. Paul, what's those mining headlines? Lots to discuss. Lots of news this week, Michael. Glencore agreed with Pan American Silver to acquire the 56.25% stake in the Mara project in Catamata, Argentina for 475 million US dollars and a 0.75% net smelter return royalty on copper. The deal consolidates Glencore's full ownership in Mara. It acquired Newmont's 18 and 7.5% stake in October last year, um, while Pan American acquired its 56.25% stake as part of its acquisition of Yamana Gold in March. Patriot Battery Metals followed last week's maiden resource on its CV5 spodumene pegmatite at its Corvette property in the James Bay region of Quebec in Canada with a 109 million Canadian investment from leading lithium chemicals producer Albemarle. Albemarle will buy 7.1 million patriot shares at $15.29 each, a 7% premium, to own a 6.4% stake in the junior. The proceeds will be used to accelerate development activities at Corvette. Base Metals Company South 32 increased its ownership in Argentina-focused copper explorer Aldebaran Resources to 14.8%. South 32 will acquire 8.5 million shares at $1.01 Canadian to increase in a first tranche and 1.5 million shares at 88 cents in a second tranche to build on its existing 9.9% position. The proceeds there will be used to advance the Alta Copper Gold Exploration Project in San Juan. It was not all good news this week, though. Ecuador's constitutional court suspended the environmental consultation process at the request of the Indigenous Association, CONAE. The court decided to hear the case and ordered all work on environmental consultations initiated under Decree 754 issued in May to cease immediately, which impacts junior developers Attico Mining and its La Plata project, and Adventus Mining and its Curipampa project. Northmet Copper Nickel Mine Development Project in Minnesota, USA, received another setback this week when the Minnesota Supreme Court ruled that the state's Pollution Control Agency improperly granted permits and concealed environmental concerns. Communities and Native American groups have opposed the project, fearing for its potential impact on water sources. In June, the US Army Corps of Engineers revoked a federal water quality permit for the project, stating it did not comply with the water quality standards of a sovereign downstream tribe. In July, Glencore agreed to acquire the 17.8% stake in Polymet it currently does not own at a 160% premium. And Polymet is a joint venture it has with tech resources. Finally, Snowline Gold hit 
553.8 meters, grading 2.48 grams per ton gold from surface at the Valley Target on its road project in Canada's Yukon Territory, including 132 meters, grading 4.98 grams per ton gold, demonstrating strong mineralization at surface and at depth near the western boundary of the Valley Intrusion. Congratulations there to our sponsor. Up next, our interview with Western Copper and Gold's Paul West Sells. But first, to uh, put an underline over it, our sponsor, Snowland Gold, ticker SGD on the TSX Venture and SNWGF on the UTCQB, is making waves with her focus on district-scale Greenfields Gold Discoveries in Canada's Yukon. With 330,000 hectare land package and exceptional leadership team, they're well on their way to unlocking Canada's newest gold district. Snowland Gold's 2023 exploration program continues to the top of the chart with industry-leading drill results. Their latest drill hole result, as Paul mentioned, returned 2.5 grams per ton over 553 meters at the Valley Discovery, making one of the best drill holes ever drilled in Yukon Terry's 125-year history. To stay updated on Snowline Gold's exploration program, visit them at snowlinegold.com, ticker SGD on the TSX Venture. Now we're going to hand it over to Paul Harris again from last month and his interview with Paul Westsells at Western Copper and Gold. Hello and welcome to Kitco Mining here in Dawson in the Yukon Territory in Canada, where we're at the Yukon Mining Investment Conference. The great pleasure to be joined this morning by Paul Westsells, President and CEO of Western Copper and Gold, to talk about the casino project. Um, it's been quite a quite a past 12 months for, for you. you. In addition to furthering the relationship you have with Rio Tinto, you've brought in Mitsubishi, a large Japanese uh, trader and user of, of minerals as, as an investment partner. Congratulations there. Um, Give us a brief overview for you what the last 12 months have meant. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a it's been an exciting 12 months. I mean, really if in in terms of work on the project, it it's really been executing our arrangement that we had with Rio Tinto. So, um, the the key work that we did over the past 12 months, we did a very very large metallurgical program uh, that that wrapped up uh, near the end of of calendar uh, 2022, uh, we issued a news release on that. You know, the, the Met work really confirmed and in some cases actually improved upon uh, what we had in our feasibility study. Um, and that was the feasibility study that we released mid-year last year. So the feasibility study is, I guess, a little bit, a little bit older than 12 months, but pretty much exactly 12 months old. And then it was the investment from, from Mitsubishi. And you know, it, it's a great, I, I feel like the Mitsubishi materials investment it's a, it's a great, uh, you know, addition to the investment from Rio Tinto. I mean, Rio Tinto and Mitsubishi, they're, they're joint investors in the Escondida mine. Um, they've worked together a number of times in the past. They know each other well, and, you know, they're great partners to have on the project. I mean, that, that's very significant because, as you say, Mitsubishi has been a financing foundation partner for the development of some of the world's largest mines. And I imagine you are hoping that that's going to be the case for, for Casino. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, we, we spoke yesterday over dinner, um, at the dinner event last night. Um, let's talk about Rio Tinto. The, a lot of people are assuming that Rio Tinto will advance its existing ownership uh, percentage in the, in the company, in the project, and you know, eventually take you out. Um, that's perhaps taking longer than you and shareholders and everybody else uh, would like, but you know, what, what's the status there? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, 
you know, just to take a step back and talk about, you know, why we entered the, the strategic investment with Rio Tinto. So when we entered that in, in 2021, the idea was that, you know, we talked to Rio and we agreed that there needed to be some work that we do together to really, you know, give assurance to Rio in terms of various aspects about the project. So there was work on, you know, the resource, drilling of key aspects of the resource, the MET program that I talked about, um, you know, work on, you know, in terms of First Nations and regulatory process, tailings, facilities. I mean, it was, it was a very, very intense sort of program that was laid out. That was executed and, and really finished up at the beginning of this year. So, you know, the ball is now back in Rio Tinto's court. The agreement we have with them expires this November 28th. And yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're saying a lot of the right things. They, they say, look, we're dotting I's and crossing T's and they're, they're sending up some senior guys up to site this summer. So, you know, we'll see where things go. And, uh, you know, I, I can't uh, predict exactly what uh, they're going to do, but, you know, all things look pretty positive from, from my perspective. Okay, as, as CEO of Western Copper and Gold, though, I imagine you're not just uh, waiting for them to make a decision or not. You've obviously bought in Mitsubishi. Um, I imagine that adds a certain element of uh, competitive tension, shall we say. Uh, are you engaging with other other companies that potentially to look at investment opportunities? With yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's been interesting. I mean, as 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 you know, and and uh, you know, many many people listening know. You know, this is we've we've been developing this project for a number of years. It's really been this past three years where suddenly everybody's knocking on the door, and it's because it's you know, it's a big copper. Copper's critical minerals. Molybdenum. Molybdenum's a big critical mineral as well. Uh, it's in Canada, it's in the Yukon, you know, we've got a good relationship with the First Nations, we've got a good relationship with the government, all those things sort of have fallen into place slowly, and now you've got good copper price environment, good gold price environment, Mali is up, you know, over $20, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Rio Tinto obviously has made their investment, Mitsubishi's made their investment, but there's been a whole host of other groups come in and take a look. We've also got, I mean, I'll be honest, we've also got investors saying, you know, don't sell this thing, like just keep moving it forward. Like we invested in this because we're big believers in the future, particularly of copper. So uh, it's an exciting time in the company. Okay, thank you, Paul. Let, let's talk about energy transition aspects as well. Um, this morning, the, the Premier of Yukon, Raj Pillage, talked about, you know, the government's commitment. Um, and I think he mentioned advancing perhaps a feasibility study or pre-feasibility study for a possible connection to the Yukon grid with the British Columbia grid to the south, which would give the territory access, direct access to the hydro power um, that BC generates. That would be a potential, another game changer for a project like Casino for one. Um, now, Rio Tinto and all the big miners, they've, set, they've established their net zero goals. And so I imagine that's a key concern when they or someone else is looking at, at your project. They're trying to work out how will that impact my net carbon emissions to the positive or to the negative? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, whether it's Rio Tinto, pretty much all the major mining companies have a net zero by 2050 or, or you know, that sort of timeline uh, as part of their corporate goals. And so... You know, when we look at our project, the casino project, it needs to fit into that. So 
We're really, really excited about what the Yukon government is doing. I mean, they've made a commitment. Um, you know, I mean, they, they, as you said this morning, they talked about working towards a feasibility study on connecting the Yukon and, and BC grids. They've been talking about that pretty much nonstop since the beginning of the year. I mean, and this is, this is a, a great project because it's, um, you know, first of all, it greens up the energy in the Yukon, which, you know, is mostly green, but not really, not 100%. And there's big growth in the Yukon. You know, secondly, uh, it would provide green power for our project, the casino project, which, you know, right now would be the, if it was up and operating right now, would be the largest critical minerals project or operating mine in Canada. So this is, you know, bringing green critical minerals uh, forward. And then, you know, as a third thing, it really sort of, it future-proofs Canada and Northern Canada. I mean, where are we going to see the next big batch of mining discoveries? We're already seeing them happen here in the Yukon over the past few years. I mean, there's always, and it's really because these are untapped areas, they're underexplored areas. We need, I mean, it's a nation-building exercise to bring, you know, grid power up there. So we're excited that by that. But, you know, we're also looking at, you know, carbon capture. We're looking at alternative, other alternatives for to um, bring green energy into the casino project as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just uh, this past year or so, we've had, you know, one big major mine coming on stream, a gold mine. We've had, there's been a major gold discovery, which is arguably one of the most exciting uh, gold exploration projects uh, in the world at the moment. Two companies are now uh, one IPO today or, or did their public listing today and others imminent. Um, so that Yukon continues to attract a lot of attention. Okay, so November the 28th is obviously a key date that you're, I imagine uh, ants in your pants looking forward to um, or waiting to see what happens or not. Um, but what else do you hope to achieve before the end of the year? Where, where do you want Casino and Western Copper to be before at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, so we, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, work, I mean, other than, you know, talking to Rio and, and Mitsubishi and, and others. I mean, in terms of moving the project forward, there's really two key initiatives. Uh, uh, one is is on the permitting front. Like we're working very, very hard. Uh, we've got a big push this year uh, to get this project moving forward through the regulatory process. And, you know, it's, it's really we're looking to have our project in front of the regulator uh, next year. Um, so there's a big push this year. This is our, our summer season to get all that work done. That's a big emphasis of what we're doing. And then the other emphasis is really actually on, on the work that we're doing with Mitsubishi. Like I said, the work that, that we'd scoped out to do with Rio Tinto is complete. Uh, the work that we've uh, scoped out with Mitsubishi is just beginning. It's really a focus on concentrate, concentrate quality uh, across the, the deposit and a few other bits and pieces. Um, so that work, uh, we're, we're just actually kicking off some of the discussions about that right now, but but expect to see some announcements on kicking that off as well. The Japanese companies such as Mitsubishi, they're, they're famous for being very, very exacting in their, their due diligence and what they want to see and what they don't want to see. What's your experience of that been so far? I mean, absolutely. It's it, And it's been actually really nice because, I mean, they just, it's really, it's exciting actually to have a company like Mitsubishi do very, very deep due diligence and, and you know, really sort of pick the project apart. And, and it, you know, because it's, it's sort of, it, it's good for me because it's like after the end of that, they still made the investment. And, you know, when they, when we put together the work program, you know, it was really just some, I, I wouldn't call them small things, I mean, important things, but again, it's, it's just expanding our knowledge 
from where we are now. I mean, the baseline work is good, but it's just bringing it up even a higher level in terms of the understanding of, of the deposit and the metallurgy and, and all those sort of things. So. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for the update, Paul. Um, I guess a lot of eyes are going to be on you at the, towards the end of November to see what, what happens or what doesn't happen. Um, thank you very much, Paul Wessels, President and CEO of Western Copper and Gold. Stay tuned to more from Kiko Mining at the Yukon Mining Investment Conference.